Thanks so much, Jason. Jason is, uh, was ordained as an elder here last um, November the 12th, uh, which was a couple of weeks ago. And he and his wife serve here at Solid Rock. And they serve on uh, the prayer team, the mission team, and they lead a community group. And, and now Jason is serving as an elder. So if you haven't met him, I hope that you'll get the opportunity to do that. So today we're going to close out this series on evangelism and of sharing the story. The story is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, today's uh, message is called Evangelism in Your Story. And let me just qualify this as we begin, that if you're in Christ, you have a story. And there is certainly evangelism in that story as we lift up the gospel, as we lift up the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. I was actually thinking about this as I was writing the story, uh, as I was writing the message, and uh, a lot of things happen to you when you write a message. You get under conviction about a lot of things and so forth. But I was just thinking about in the last 42 years, uh, how many times someone had shared their story with me uh, in the, in the uh, sense of evangelizing me. And uh, I couldn't come up with a bunch of them, but I kept going back to the one 42 years ago when I was at my house and two gentlemen knocked on my door and they shared their story and they shared the gospel story and how Christ had saved them and how Christ had changed their life. And I was just so thankful for that that particular story because two days later I became a Christian and I, I thought about it and I was thinking you know I had probably heard the gospel before but you know there's hearing and then there's hearing and if we think back to a couple of weeks ago when Jason was preaching in uh, uh, Romans chapter 10 verses 14 uh, 10 through 14 there's this hearing of the word and that's to comprehend it to understand it and so forth. So I know I'd heard it, but I heard it for the first time when someone shared their story and shared the gospel with me. So our stories are so, so important. We know that. So as we go back for just a moment, uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, if I could just review for just a moment. Uh, two weeks ago, Jason preached on evangelizing, the calling of the evangelist that God has called on all Christians to be evangelists. Now, we know there is a gift of evangelism, but all Christians are called to evangelize. And hopefully we'll see that through Paul's story in Galatians 1 today. This good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We saw in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. I think that was on the board. But, oh, it's up there. This is really good because I noticed that I had highlighted some scripture. I couldn't read it because I used too dark of a highlight color. So don't do that. <laughs> uh, so that's, this is good. I like this. So 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And if we remember back uh, um, also last week, uh, 
we heard, heard from Blake, and we're going to touch on that in just a minute, about Christ being the model and being the focus of evangelism. But if we look at these scriptures we just talked about, there was three things or four things in there that I noticed, and hopefully you noticed on, during the first week, that this ministry has been given to us, this ministry of reconciliation, that this message has been given to us, this message of reconciliation. And that God is using us to make his appeal to the world, to reconcile the world to himself. And when I think about all of those things, in fact, if you went to uh, uh, Galatians, uh, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, chapter 6, he actually says this, that we are working with God. So if you're a Christian today, you're working with God. We are working with God. And he's given us this ministry, this message and he's making his appeal through us. Now, if we're dormant in that, it still applies because as Christians, we cannot take that away. And I realize that myself. I can't just do away with that scripture because it is the word of God. And he has called us as Christians to do those things. So if we're in Christ, we've been reconciled to God. We've been given the ministry and message of reconciliation working together with him to reconcile the world. And then last week, Blake shared this. He said that Jesus is not only the focus of evangelism, but is the model for evangelism. So wherever Jesus went, he told people who he is, and he did it with boldness, and he did it with compassion. So Christ is asking us the same thing. He's saying when we share and we live out this ministry of reconciliation we're to do it with boldness even paul asked the church to pray for him for boldness to preach the gospel so we want boldness and we want compassion because christ is our model so really we have everything we need we have the holy spirit we have this ministry we have this message we have this pray for boldness and we have compassion because christ has given us those things Sometimes I wonder what happened to them in my life. You ever thought that? Where's the compassion? Where's the boldness? So as we go through this today, I actually had a gentleman come up and say that he was very convicted by this. And let me tell you, you want to be convicted, write a message. I was so convicted about this. I started going out and doing the things I was going to preach about. So. But anyway, and that's a good thing. So hopefully we'll, we'll all do that, right? So Jesus proclaimed in Matthew 28, 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So as we go, Jason preached this a couple of weeks ago, go therefore means as we go. Let me tell you, we are a going people. I have friends, they go so much. I have acquaintances, they go so much. I have family, we just go all the time. In fact, I tell my wife sometimes, I said, we've got to stop going, I've got to rest. And it just seems like I go just three, four, five times a day. But that's a good thing, because that's what the scripture says. As we go, we're to share this good news. So as we look at Paul, we're gonna see that he went to many places. He went to three different, on three different missionary journeys. Of course, he went to different towns preaching the gospel. 
So we may not be going to Jerusalem or anything like that right now. But as we go to the store and things of that nature. In fact, we'll come up with a list of them at the end. That as we go, we can proclaim this gospel of Jesus Christ. So here at Solid Rock, we have a vision statement. Let me read what that says. At Solid Rock Church, it's our vision to make disciples for Jesus through gathering in worship, growing together in community, and living the mission in our everyday life. So if you go to our website at srchurch.tv, you go up in the upper left-hand corner, there is a uh, word that says ministries. Click on ministries. I'm having to think through this because I'm not technologically sound, I will tell you that. But I can do it. Go to te- uh, ministries and then click on mission. This is what it says. At Solid Rock, we are a church on mission. This means that every member is living the mission to build intentional relationships. Intentional relationships with the people around us, introducing them to the immeasurable love and inexhaustible grace of Jesus. So intentional relationships, I just want to repeat that, to introduce them to the love and grace of Jesus. We all have a story to tell if we're in Christ. If you're outside of Christ, if you're not a Christian, you have many stories also. But God's not going to use those stories to display the truth of the gospel. If you're a Christian and you tell your story in Christ, in the light of Christ, God displays the truth of the gospel. And he connects us with people who need Jesus. And that's amazing to me. It's probably happened in your life at various times. I know it's happened in my life at times. But as I said, he uses our stories to display the truth of the gospel. You're going to hear me say that many times because I think it's important that as we share our stories that he does, that we hear that. And we're going to be in Galatians chapter 1, just as uh, Jason had read earlier in uh, verses uh, 10 through 24. A little bit about Galatia. Uh, It's just not just one church that Paul is writing to. Probably went there on his first missionary journey and he was preaching the gospel. And he was making intentional, I can just see Paul making intentional relationships. He talks about it in the scripture. Even while he was in prison, he was making intentional relationships to do what? To share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But they, if, if you think about uh, the country of Turkey, that's where this area was, you know, for today, uh, right above uh, uh, Syria, Syria. And he was refuting false teaching. So he had been there. He had preached to the Galatians and he had left. And now he's writing this letter to refute false teaching. Teachers were arguing that one must not only believe in Christ, but they need to keep the law of Moses to be justified. Now the gospel of Jesus Christ says that we are justified by faith. Not through Christ and the Mosaic Law. This is what the false teachers were teaching. And the Galatians were buying into this. And I will tell you, if you know anything about Galatians, Paul was not happy with them. But he is going to share his story. And we'll see that in just a moment. But they also claim that Paul's authority came from man. It came from the Jerusalem church. And he's telling them it did not. It came from Jesus Christ himself. And we'll see in just a moment... 
how Paul heard the story of Christ. We'll also see, he'll talk about his past and then how he was converted. And we can all have the same story. If we're in Christ, we have that story. How we heard the gospel. We can tell, talk about our past. Or we can talk about right now, what we're going through right now. It's, it's still our story. And certainly then we can talk about our conversion when we came to Christ. In verse 7 of chapter 1, you won't see this on the screen, Paul writes that there's no other gospel but the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says the false teachers are troublemakers. And we can see that. Paul is preaching this gospel of grace. And these Judaizers come in and they say, you not only have to have Christ, but you have to have works also. We are a working people. We love to work, that's for sure. But the scripture tells us that after Christ, we are the workmanship of Jesus, not working to get to him. And they were distorting, Paul says in, in verse 7, distorting the gospel. Now that sounds pretty, pretty serious to me. So Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Paul writes the true gospel. He's writing to the Corinthian church. If you're here today and you don't know what the true gospel is, or you're not sure, he tells us in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul states, he says this, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. That's the gospel. And Paul's writing to the Galatians, says, this is the gospel. This gospel with works attached is not what I preach to you. So, we preach the same gospel. Remember, we read where we are ambassadors with Christ. An ambassador promotes, if I was an ambassador for the United States in some country, I'd be promoting the U.S. Well, I'm an ambassador for Christ, according to the scripture, I can't erase that part. And he is making his appeal through me. He is making his appeal through you. So we all, everyone here who's in Christ has a story. So let's move on. This is how Paul heard the gospel. We're going to move on to uh, Galatians 1, 10 through 12. Thank you for putting that where I can see it. Thank you. And one, one, uh, Galatians 1, 10 through 12 says this, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And then uh, 111 says, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. It did not come from man. And he'll tell us why right in the next verse. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. In verse 10, Paul's 
writing a rhetorical question. And we'll get a lot of those today. So when you hear a question, it's going to be rhetorical. I want you to think about it. Question of whose approval he's seeking, the approval of man or the approval of God? Now some were saying that Paul's gospel was a gospel of pleasing people. Maybe it was too easy. And I actually had a gentleman speak to me after the last service. He said, I speak to this man at the gym almost all the time, and he says, that gospel that y'all have, it's too easy. And I go, that's what they were saying about Paul. He's preaching a gospel that's too easy. You need to add all these works to it. But that's not the gospel that we have. When we share our stories, we're going to share the true gospel. They also said Christ died for my sins. What about what I have to do? What about all these works? And then Paul, they might say, is just tickling our ears with this grace and so forth. So that's what the Galatians were hearing from these false teachers. So I can tell you that I have truly experienced people-pleasing gospel because I have shared it with others. I remember a few years ago, me and a gentleman that uh, is one of my best friends, we went to a gentleman's house for the purpose of sharing the gospel. We knocked on the door and the gentleman let us in. And uh, he was a younger man than I was at the time, definitely younger than I am now, but he let us in and we began to share about this, that, and the other. We talked about baseball. We talked about programs at the church. We talked about softball. He was a big softball player. And after about an hour talking about those things, we left. And the gentleman and I that was with me, when we got in the car and drove off, we looked at each other and we said, never again. Never again are we going into someone's home for the purpose of sharing our story in the gospel and talk about softball. Now, there's nothing wrong with softball. There's nothing wrong with programs at the church. And if you invite someone to Solid Rock, they're going to hear the gospel. That's the good news. So those are all good things. But the fact was we were watering down the gospel. I can tell you right now, I never saw that gentleman again. And I always wondered if I had shared the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, would I have seen him again? Maybe so. I, I just don't know. But the gospel is of first importance when we share our stories. And I love that because Paul says that in one of the scriptures. It's of first importance. So Paul's gospel did not come from a desire to please man. Are we, are we trying to please man by telling others how good we are or what we do all the time? Certainly nothing wrong with that. I have a friend that's here today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went and had uh, lunch. We talked for four hours, just telling story after story. We're both Christians. We did share the good news of, of, of Christ in our life, but we were just telling stories. Nothing wrong with that. But the gospel is of first importance. If you claim to be a Christian, it is of first importance. In fact, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 5. Well, what a great reminder for all of us. He says, 
For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. What we proclaim is not ourselves. We're proclaiming the gospel. That's what we've been called to do. We have the message, we have the ministry, and God is working with us. And let me tell you, we need a lot of work, don't we? So it's so good to know that God has allowed us to be a part of what he is doing. Excuse me. I don't know about y'all, but these allergies are a mess. Paul says, For I did not receive it from any man, nor was taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's how he received the gospel. He received it through a revelation. Now, this was unique. Because if you remember when Jason uh, taught, and he was preaching out of Romans and so forth about evangelism, and who is an evangelist? Remember, how can they hear without a preacher? And I just told a story about two men who had shared with me. And then I understood the gospel. Paul is unique in this. Paul's own relationship to the gospel was unique. So we're definitely not Paul. Now, Paul was a man like us. We need to see that. Most everyone hears the gospel from someone else. This is God's normal way of communicating the gospel. But Paul was unique in this respect. He received the gospel in a dramatic, direct revelation. Because the scripture tells us. And he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. So two men came to my house and they shared the gospel. And I became a Christian. So that fits the scripture, doesn't it? So let me ask this question. How did you receive the gospel? Just think about that as a rhetorical question. Think about it for just a moment. How did you receive the gospel? Or maybe you're here today and we're glad you're here. And maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord. Maybe you've never trusted Him. We would love to share this good news with you. And all you have to do is just find someone with a lantern on. There will be prayer partners at the end who will be glad to speak to you. But the gospel we receive is the same gospel that Paul received, even though his was unique. God uses our story to display the truth of the gospel to those who need Jesus. Now, Paul has told us how he heard the gospel. He received it as a revelation. As we move on in Galatians to verses 13 and 14, Paul's going to talk about his former life, where he was before Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. The word former in his life is the past. That was his past before Christ. Paul was the top of his class in Judaism. That sounds pretty important, doesn't it? He was an important man. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was ahead of his contemporaries, those of his same age. So we all have a past, don't we? All of our past are different. 
Paul was emphasizing how he persecuted the church and Christianity. This is very dramatic. In Acts 8.3, it says this, but, but Saul was ravaging the church. He was trying to destroy it. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. That's pretty dramatic. But Saul still breathing, breathing threat. This is Acts 9.1. But Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest. So he's dragging men and women off to take them to prison. Even when Stephen was stoned, it says that the uh, coat of Stephen was at Paul's feet. But here's the good news. It says after that, that Christians scattered. And guess what they were doing when they scattered? They were preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. So we all have this story, no matter what state that we're, that we're in. Let me just read this for you. It says, The importance of a gospel story is not restricted to those who have a dramatic conversion story like Paul did. Think about your story. The glory of God's work is seen just as much in those who think they have a boring story or testimony. If you're in Christ, you have a story that God will use for the truth of the gospel. There's no, let me tell you, there is no boring story if you're in Christ. None. Now, Paul was certainly dramatic because he was trying to destroy the church, but you have a great story because it's going to glorify God, and we'll see that in just a moment. <clears throat> My past... I have witnesses to my past that are here today, so I better tell the truth. Uh, <laughs> but my past was a simple past. It was one of selfishness. It was all about me, and it was about drunkenness. But two men came to my home, shared their story, and shared the gospel, and Christ changed my life. And he's changing my life every single day. Because none of us who are in Christ are perfect but the good news is we are perfect in Christ. That's what he's done for us. That's the story that we have. So Christ called you. He is changing you daily. Your gospel story is valid. And guess who's the validator? Christ himself. Let's keep moving here to Galatians 1, 15 through 17. It says this. So we've heard Paul's story. We've heard how he received the gospel his former life and this is a great outline for a story but I'm telling you you can pull anything out of your pocket because the Holy Spirit is working in your life and the life of the one who is receiving this because the scripture bears that out we have no checklist when we tell our story we're not graded when we tell our story the Holy Spirit will take charge but when he had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, am I on the right one? Yes, thank you. Was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Set apart. Paul, this, this word set apart 
in verse 15, is appointed. Paul was appointed to be an apostle. He was appointed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there was a great change in him. We just saw that. He was, he was uh, killing Christians, and now he's at what he was trying to destroy, he's now preaching about. And, of course, we'll see the results of that in just a moment because that's the evangelism we see in our stories. This great change in him was God's divine appointment as a Christian and as an apostle. He was not, and he tells us this, he was not appointed by man. He was set apart by divine action. When we see Romans 1, 1 through 3, in the first part of it, Paul says this, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son. It's not about me. It's about his son. It is a great story of what he did in my life and in your life. We have a story and God loves us so much, He has given us this ministry and this message to share with others. Set apart to the gospel. If you're in Christ, you have a story, you've been changed, you've been set apart. I love that, set apart. I love that called. If you remember when we were in First uh, and Second Peter this year, what a great study that was. In 1 Peter 2.9, Peter wrote this, But you're a chosen generation, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Paul was called by his grace. All who are saved are called by that same grace. If you're in Christ, you're called by the same grace, this grace of Christ. In verse 6 of chapter 1, we don't have that on the screen, writes to the Galatians, he says this, because remember he's writing to refute what they're doing. They've fallen into this false gospel. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ. The same grace that he received. He was called. They were called into this grace. If you're in Christ, you are called into this grace. And we have a message to share. And we should be sharing it from the rooftops. Because it is so good from a good God that we cannot comprehend how good he is. But Paul gives account of his past to his current standing in Christ to show that only God in Christ could make such a change in his life. That's what he's telling these Galatians. Only God could change him. Martin Luther says this about Paul's idea. Did God call me on account of my holy life? or on account of my Pharisee religion, because he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, or on account of my prayers, my fastings, my works. He says, never did God call me because of that. Well, then it is certain that God did not call me, I love Martin Luther, what he says, on account of my blasphemies, 
my persecutions and my oppressions, because he's talking about Paul, what prompted him to call me is his grace alone. That's why we have a story, because of God's grace. I tell you, just even sitting up here preaching about it, it overwhelms me. That God's grace has given me this message, this ministry, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And there is evangelism in our stories, I can tell you that. Our story may not be the persecution of the church, but we have a story to share, and we must be willing to share it no matter the cost. Now, if you remember back when Blake taught last week, he mentioned the woman at the well. Remember Jesus going through Samaria, and the woman was at the well. She was a Samaritan, and he, Jesus shared with her. And uh, she went back after they had shared together. Of course, Jesus told told her everything about her. She goes back and tells the town, I met this man named Jesus, and he shared everything about me. He knew everything about me. And this is what the scripture said. She could not contain this story. Many believed. Why did they believe? Because she was telling the story of how she met Jesus and what he had told her. We have that same story. And if you remember in John chapter 9, there was a man who was blind from birth. And in chapter 9 of John, it tells us that there no man that was blind from birth had ever been healed. But this, Jesus healed this man. And he put mud on his eyes and healed him. And the man did what Jesus said, and he was healed. And everyone that was standing around we're saying, well, I think that's the man who used to sit by the, by the pool and the, the man who was born blind from birth. He could not contain it. He goes, that's me. That's me. I was blind, but now I see. And so they took him, and they took him to the Pharisees. And they, they questioned his mother and, and his father, but they were afraid because the Pharisees had said that anyone who comes in and confesses Christ is going to be kicked out of the synagogue excommunicated well he comes in he goes well, I don't know anything except I was blind and now I see and this man Jesus this is the one that did it and guess what they did to him they kicked him out but he saw Jesus on the road Jesus saw him and Jesus he came to Christ by faith we should not be able to contain this story we should be evangelizing the whole world because that's what that's what God has called us to do. So to, just two great stories. They just couldn't contain it. And I love the fact that he, he's talking to these uh, uh, high religious leaders, and he didn't care. He said, oh, do y'all want, y'all want to know Jesus too? He says something to that effect. That's, I think that's Ken chapter 2, <laughs> but he said something like that. So, but that, you know, that excites me. And we should be so excited about what Christ has done in our life Amen. that we can't, we can't constrain ourselves by just sharing this good news. So let's go on. So who are we telling this story to? So Paul continues writing in Galatians 1, 18 through 24. He says, then after three years, and of course Paul's writing all this, to defend his apostleship, to defend the gospel that he preached to the Galatians. 
He says, then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to visit Cephas. That's Peter. And I remained with him for 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in persons to the church of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us, this is his story, is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Why? Because they had heard the Jew. Some of the people in Judea did not even know who Paul was, but they heard this story about this man who was trying to destroy the church, who's sharing the gospel now. And they glorified God. And I think sometimes that uh, as we share our story, we may never know who that story reaches. We just might not ever know. But I just thought of a story. This has nothing to do with me, but I had shared years ago the gospel of this young man. And there's actually someone in this room that is related to the person who told me this. But uh, she was a school teacher. And this young man happened to be a custodian at the school. And uh, the young lady came to me years later. I mean, this was like 15, 20 years later. And somehow they had connected. And he, she told him where she went to church. He says, well, tell Ken that when he shared with me the gospel, that five years after that, I became a Christian. Now, that's not on me. That's on the Spirit of God. But we never know. We just need to be faithful. And I tell you what, that made my day. And we just praise God because of that. But because Paul is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing his story, God is glorified. People that did not even know him. We have to share our story. We're not being graded. We don't have a checklist. I was trying to remember all that Jason had given us the first week. We need to pull something out of our pocket and share the good news. Something as simple as God loves you. Christ died on the cross for you. I shared this with my uh, uh, men's group oh, a couple of weeks ago that I was at a, a particular store and I was walking out and uh, my wife says that I have uh, stock in that store but I really don't. So, but I heard these two gentlemen say something in a very, very demeaning derogatory way about the blood of Christ. I don't know what they were talking about or anything, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and I walked back up to them, and I said, you know, can I just share something with you? And they said, yes. I said, God loves you, and Christ gave his life for you. And then they just walked away, and that was fine. Because the Holy Spirit will take that and do what he chooses to do with that. So, who are we going to share with? Let me just give you some examples uh, of living our lives as we go. Remember that. Uh, and I'm going to use some names here. I have permission, I think, from all but one. And I know him well enough that I'm going to do it anyway. 
So, <laughs> but how about cooking on Halloween to share? We just passed Halloween. Robbie Waller cooks at Halloween. And when his neighbors come over and his friends come over and those who are to get candy and stuff for Halloween, he, they share the gospel. What an awesome way to do that. Opening your home to those in need. Jason, who is just up here, Jason and Sheila, they're sitting right here. They open their home to people who are in need. So that people can see the gospel lived out. And of course, verbally. How about asking prayer needs for your waiter or your waitress when you go to a restaurant? Asking about their life so that you can share the gospel with them. Uh, when sales, this is my favorite because we were talking about this in the men's study the other day. When salespeople knock on your door, ask them. Say, hey, I'll listen to you, but will you give me three or four minutes after you share with me? After I wrote this, guess what happened at my house? A guy knocked on my door. <laughs> you talk about conviction. In fact, writing this whole message, I really came under conviction about sharing the gospel. And God has given us opportunity after opportunity. He gives all of us that, that are in Christ. How about fishing with someone or playing golf or some sport or something? We probably all do that. We can share the gospel. I remember I was in Arkansas a couple of years ago and we were in this boat fishing for trout. And I was with Billy Warren. Billy Warren shares the gospel. He started sharing the gospel with our guide. I wasn't sure we were going to get back. Because let me tell you, you talk about getting quiet. I don't think that gentleman said another word. But I knew that Billy was preaching the truth of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit took charge of that. Open your home to your neighbors. Sitting in the front yard instead of the backyard. Having those who, when you need something done around the house, having someone come who, who uh, needs work and share the gospel with them. Jason Williams is very good at this. He's always sharing at Starbucks. I bet if you talk to him, he's probably got a hundred stories of sharing the gospel. Just drinking a cup of coffee. David Cummings, who was a new member this year, he's made, he has told me he has made special trips out of state just to speak to family who are not Christians. I thought, wow, that's awesome. That is really awesome. David Barnes has been a member here 30 years. He, uh, he goes around and he will pick up metal or, or stuff from you if you need it. He's got story after story of sharing the gospel when he goes and picks up things at people's homes. So as we go, we are a going people, so we need to share the gospel as we go, this evangelism in our story. And David Harshberg, I didn't ask for permission, but I'm going to do it anyway. But David opens his home, and his wife, him and his wife, open their home to people who do not know the gospel. All the time. As we go, as we live. So pull something out of your pocket and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Remember, every member is living the mission to build intentional relationships with the people around us, introducing them to the immeasurable love and inexhaustible grace of Jesus. You're going to hear a story today because there's going to be a baptism, and that's what we do here at Solid Rock. And I'm really excited to hear that story because I know the gentleman is getting baptized. I'm going to ask you three questions that you can take with you to contemplate this week. Then I'm going to pray, and then Jason's going to come up and introduce the baptism for us. So the first question is this. Do you believe you're called to share the gospel? If so, what is the evidence of this belief in your life? I can answer that for you. If you're a Christian, you are called. We're all called to share the gospel if we're in Christ. And that, that's the culmination of this series. That we're called as evangelists. We have the greatest model of all time, Jesus himself. And now we're to share our story. Number two, as you go about your daily routine, does your life proclaim Jesus or yourself? And we all can be really good at proclaiming ourselves, I bet. And then the third one is, how does your story bring glory to God? Let's pray together, and then Jason will come up and introduce our baptism. So, Father, thank you for your word. It is so convicting, this story of Paul and how you revealed this good news to him. Jesus, thank you for that story. And his past, Father, that he was out persecuting the church. But then you set him apart and called him. And Father, the, the good news is that we've been set apart and we've been called and we've been given this ministry and this message of reconciliation. And Father, we know it's tough and it's scary. And at times we miss those opportunities that we have all the time. But just as we've read today, Father, we need to be intentional because you were intentional with us. You gave us your son. He lived, he died for our sins. He rose again on that third beautiful day. So, Father, as we, uh, we watch this baptism, Father, we thank you for Nate and just the fact that you have loved him so much and that he knows this now. So we pray it all in Jesus' name.